Hey guys, uh, is me and Heather here? We are doing a trailer slayers. If you couldn't tell from the from the title, it's whatever number this is going to be. It'll say it in the title too. You guys will have the benefit of knowing all this information before I know it right now because I'm not editing or uploading it. Um, we haven't done one of these in a while, and so we're going to just kind of jump into this. We've got a lot to cover over these last couple of weeks of stuff we haven't really talked about. We're going to talk about the Adams Family trailer. We're going to talk about The Lion King. We're going to talk about X-Men The Dark Phoenix. We're going to talk about The Boys, and we'll do a brief, the briefest of brief little things about Swamp Thing since it is like 10 seconds long, and it's not really much. It's just a little teaser, but we'll we'll jump into all that. Um, so we're starting this off right now with the Adams Family animated feature. If I'm thinking right, this is the first Adams Family movie we've gotten since Adams Family Three, which or whatever the fuck they ended up calling that. It, and that one was straight to DVD, if I'm remembering correctly. It technically uh, followed the Raul Julia ones, but it was like straight to DVD. And I think yeah. Tim Curry was Gomez. Um, it was someone random. But yeah, it's all that shit because they were all they got confused with another Adams family. So they were like on a beach vacation. And who really wants to fucking see that? Um, <laughs> did you actually see that? No, one? this is. Yes. Yes, I have you seen did? that one. Okay. It was years and years and years and years ago because that shit came out in the mid 90s. But yeah, I did see that. Uh, but no, this this animated one, it's it's very much back to the old comic strips. And well, I mean, I don't know if you know if you call them comic strips. The original Adams Family was kind of those little one-shot comics, uh, kind of like The Far Side or uh, Family Circus. Yeah, where it's just a little little scene. I used to have a book. And I wish I knew where it was. There was just a collection of the Adams Family comics from back in the day. Yeah, because I think I remember you mentioning before that you you were like a big fan of at least the Raul Julia movies, but I wasn't sure. If you were a fan of like all of Adam's family, or if it was just specifically the Ravel Julia ones. I mean, I've, I, I, like I said, I had a book of the old Adam's family comics. It was great. I had, uh, I've watched a ton of the old TV show of it. Um, yeah, that the was old good. Black and white TV yeah, I've show. I've seen a lot of that too. Yeah. Cause that was back in the early days of TV land and, uh, Nick at night and stuff like that. They would have that. You could watch that in the Munsters and stuff like that. Which fuck the yep. monsters. <laughs> it was always fuck back to monsters. back, though. They always played it back to back. It's, it's because they're like, oh, it's black and white and it's scary stuff. Ooh, put them together. And you fuck that noise. Fuck the monsters. <laughs> they were garbage compared to the Adams family. Yeah, I'll give you that. I agree with that. And I'm not like, I'm not huge on, as I've mentioned in other podcasts before, I'm not huge on, you know, animated films. Like, they're never really a preference. But seeing the trailer for this one, I actually really, um, it looks really funny. I think it's just like the, the, the witty, um, dry humor type of things. Like, especially, um, is it Morticia is her name? Like, her delivery yeah. and a lot of the things she said in the trailer for this one was really, it was really amusing. So, I actually, I think that this wouldn't be a movie or an animated movie that I would be opposed to seeing in theaters. Because it looks like it would be a really fun one for adults and kids. Because I just feel like just the the type of humor that they have, which is kind of their thing, is to be like that. But um, but yeah, it just it seemed like it actually would be pretty amusing. Yeah, and it it also seems like it's got a all star vocal performer uh, cast to it. Because <laughs> I refuse to say they're actors. The, yeah, 
and, and these are these are all <laughs> actors, but not in this sense. Who is Morticia? I don't even remember who it is. Charlize Theron. Oh, okay. I get that. That makes yes. sense. Charlize Charlize Theron is uh, Morticia in this. Um, Oscar Isaacs is uh, Gomez. Yes, is Gomez. Um, what's her name? Chloe Grace Moretz is Wednesday. Is uh, is Wednesday? Finn Wolfhard is Pugsley. Okay. Uh, Nick Kroll is Uncle Fester, and Bette Midler is Grandma. <laughs> nice. That is an all star cast. I like that. Which they did a really great job of, also kind of disguising their voices. Yeah, because when you no said Charlize Theron, in there, yeah. like no one in there outright sounds like themselves. In this no, I agree. To I totally agree because, yeah, when I when you said it was Charlize Theron, I was like, okay, that I I mean, I see it in the sense of like she's got the talent to do vocal performing like that, <laughs> but it didn't sound like her at all. So yeah, I I would have to agree with that statement for sure. And and like I said, it really they really are hearkening back to the aesthetics of the the comics and stuff like that because Gomez is supposed to be like this short little fat guy, and <laughs> you know, and they're really. I, I like the fact that they're kind of showing some of the the truly supernatural things about them, like Morticia summoning the spiders, because she is a witch, and they hint towards magic in the movies and stuff like that. But she's truly doing magic in this, and some of the and the one of the things that I think an animated movie will really benefit from in this is how insane some of the things they do. Now, the Raw Julia movies do some outrageously like crazy things, but like them playing battleship and like exploding and like blowing up shit in the house. <laughs> yeah. The tree throwing Pugsley through the house. And um, the one thing they are getting away from is a, uh, is with thing. They are doing the version of thing. That is what most people are familiar with where thing is a disembodied hand. Mm -hmm. um, if I'm remembering correctly, thing in the original comics, the comic strips was essentially a ghost that was trapped in the house. There's like trapped in the walls. And so he would like the hand would come out of the walls type of thing. Oh, I didn't actually and know that. They couldn't, they couldn't really do that in the TV show. And that's when the thing became the disembodied hand in a box. Like they just had the boxes all over the place and the hand would come out. And then in the movies oh. is when he became the truly disembodied hand. that was just kind of free flowing. Um, I didn't actually know that. Okay. So, yeah, you feel like they're going more back to the um, how the comics were then, right? The, well, they're doing both because like thing is a disembodied hand in this because that's what more people are used to. The one thing I don't think we're going to get in this that I think a lot of people would be sad to not get is I don't think we're getting a cousin it. Yeah, that would be a little disappointing, but it did feel like that was the case. Well, and the reason is, is because of cousin it didn't exist until the TV show also. Oh really? There is no cousin. There is no cousin it in the t in the comics. I feel like I'm just learning so much about <laughs> the comics that I didn't even know. And honestly, like I actually forgot that um, Morticia was a witch. I didn't. I actually don't know if I re remember ever knowing that. But I mean, it makes sense. But I think it's just not something that they well, clearly say in the movies that I have seen. Oh well, they do, but they, you don't see her do anything. It's you always think of her mother as the witch. Yeah, because her mother is the one doing spells and stuff. But no, Morticia is a witch. You know, they make references to it. And I think she calls herself a witch at one point, but you never see her do anything. Yeah, it's always mama that does stuff. Mm -hmm. 
So I think, and that, I think that's why. Um, but no, I, I am super excited for this. I don't think it's going to have the tone of the movies, but I think it's still going to have the spirit of the Adams family. And I think it's still going to be really uh, fucking fun to watch. So what do you mean by the tone? So like what kind of tone do you feel like it's going to have instead? Well, I don't think it's going to be tr- as truly dark and morbid. Yeah. As, as the movies were. The movies are very dark. Mm-hmm. And, you know, stuff like that. And I don't think they're going to put that in this. I think, that, you know, there's still going to be, you know, creepy and kooky, as the song says. But I don't think it's going to be as dark as the movies were in tone. Yeah, this does seem I would a little say bit that more too. lighthearted, like lighthearted and kooky, which is ultimately what the Adams family like fell back on. It's just it's so sad still seeing something like this. And I still all I think about is Raul Julia. And I'm the least nostalgic person in the world when it comes to movies. I have no problem in a heartbeat throwing something I used to love under the bus because <laughs> it no longer holds up. But those fucking movies do. I I mean I watch yeah. I watch those I watch those movies, Adam's Family and Adam's Family Values, at least once a year. Especially mm-hmm. Adam's Family Values, which is so insanely underrated to me just for the sheer fact that that movie proves the sequel can be better than the original because it is <laughs> it is yeah i don't want to say leaps and bounds better but it is a fucking better movie it's so fucking good i'm very much probably going to watch that over this holiday weekend now nice um but yeah no i i am excited for this yeah no i do agree because i i remember watching adam's family values more than the original <laughs> Adams Family. And it was one of those where any time that it was on TV, it was like we, my brother and I would watch it. It was just, it was always just a good, just film to have on, you know, at least for us. Cause it, I don't know. It, we, it was just a very enjoyable, I agree. Underrated is probably the right word for it. Um, yeah. So, and it, it, it is sad because like when I think Adams Family, I don't think the old TV show, or the comics, like I do think of those movies and Raul Julia and um, Angelica Houston, they were perfect. They were so perfect in those roles. So um, I am interested to see this take because you're right. It has, um, it's not going to have as much of the darkness to it. I feel like because they're going to try and gear it a little bit more towards maybe kids is what it seems like, but it's still going to have enough of it to keep the, yeah, like you said, the spirit of, of the movie. So um, I am actually, I actually would be okay watching this movie in theaters instead of waiting for it to, you know, go to video or iTunes or whatever, because it, it actually does look pretty entertaining just from the the trailer that they had. So yeah, I would, I'm, I'm on board for it. I probably not as excited as you, but I think you're like a huge Adams family fan. So that might be why. Yeah, no, it's, I'm, I, I am willing to give this a chance. I, I really am. I'm real, and I'm really hoping they do something with it. I, it's it's a very great property. It's hasn't there's been nothing of value done with it in damn near twenty years. And I really think that it would be it would be great to see the Adams family come back. If and if it's not gonna be live action and if you are gonna go animated with it, I like that they chose the stylings of the comics. The the look of yeah. all the people in it is very much of the comics. And I like that they went that route. If they're gonna do it, go that way and at least like amp up the craziness. I'm all about that. Now, do you think that you would be excited for it if it was another live action one? Or would that just be too, like, too different because of the third one and how that went? <laughs> and the fact that it's not Raul Julia. 
Um, no, I'd be fine with it, depending on the cast. Most of this cast, I would actually be fine with seeing in an Adams Family movie. I think. Yeah. If they were doing a live action, like a Charlize Theron would be great as Morticia. I think Oscar yep. Isaacs would be amazing as uh, as Gomez. Yep. I wouldn't necessarily put what Chloe Grace Moretz or whatever the fuck her name is as Wednesday in a live action. I would maybe want to gear somebody a little younger for that role in a live action. But yeah. I think Finn Wolfhard would be good as a Pugsley. In a live action, I, I would like to Nick see Kroll the costume he would do for that. The the Pugsley, yeah, I would just like to see how they like right, no. made him live action look like that. No, it's easy. Shave his head and put him in like a essentially like a little boy's prison like outfit, like an old school like striped shirt and black shorts. Pugsley's super easy to do, but isn't he like pretty chubby? From what I remember, he can be, but eh, fuck it, who cares? Just make him bald or mostly <laughs> bald at least, you know. I would love to see Nick Kroll in a uh, Uncle Fester get up like uh, Christopher <laughs> Lloyd was. That's that would what be I amazing. See. Yeah. Because I think he could pull that off too. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I, I am excited about this. And I think I feel like based on what we've seen, they're going the right route for how they're wanting to do it. It at least seems like they've got a clear vision on how they want to tackle this. And they're going that route. Yeah, for sure. Because I don't, I think that's why I didn't like the the third Adams Family. I mean, nobody liked the third Adams Family movie, but I think it's because they, it's like, oh, they tried to do the whole, oh, we're going to take the Adams and we're going to take them out of here and put them in this crazy scenario. It's always better when they're in their elements and everyone else is just shocked by it. Right. Like that's what everybody wants to see. They want to see them in their element and everybody else be thrown off guard by them, not the other way around. Nobody wants to see the Adams family caught off guard because <laughs> they're in Florida or some shit or on a beach. Right. They want to see every, like, I mean, I say that yet Adams family values kind of it, Adams. And I think that's why Adams family values is so perfect is they did both. They had some of the Adams be in their element and then some of the Adams be out of their element and then fucking up everybody else's world. Like when Pugsley and Wednesday are at camp Chippewa. Oh my gosh. Like, yes. At first, at first, they're the ones that are the fish out of water. And then they take over the whole goddamn lake and fuck everybody else up. I, that's so priceless. I love it. Yeah, that's great. And I think, and I think that's what makes it great is they took essentially what was everybody else's regular world and ultimately warped it into theirs. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why those aspects of it work. And then like Morticia and Gomez are at home and then Fester's kind of in between. Because he's the one that's in his element and then taken out of his element and then brought back into his element. He's the one fluctuating in that. But you have to have that grounded connection of somebody is still in their element the whole time, which right. was Gomez and Morticia in that movie. Um, but so then that's that's a good segue into like kind of doing a reverse of something that was a uh, animated movie when we were kids and they're doing a quote unquote live action version of it. It's still animated because it's you know, about lions and shit. It's all computer animated, but it's done in a hyper-realistic fashion with the remake of The Lion King. Yeah. So I, you know, I still, if I'm being honest, I do have mixed feelings about this one because Lion King was probably one of my favorite Disney movies growing up. And it was just so, it was so top-notch in my opinion. And I just, I feel like the remake, it's kind of, I guess, the same feeling I have about remaking Aladdin where I'm just like, I mean, do we need to? 
first of all, but also I, I just kind of liked it when it was actual animation and not necessarily like the the live action animation type of thing because it's I feel like the you know expressions and the the musical numbers and stuff like that I feel like it's not going to translate as well this way but it's such a great story and it's really sad when you hear of you know kids born in the 90s or um, early 2000s or whatever that just don't really even know what the Lion King is because I've come across a few of them where they're like oh yeah no I've never seen it what is that and I'm just like shocked because I'm like, that was my staple childhood movie that I loved to watch. So, I mean, I, I think it's a great story to be bringing back and have a newer generation kind of know the story and be into it. But, um, you know, it's and I also just feel like how different are they going to make it? Because if they make it too different, you're like, that's it's going to just not go as well as they want. Or if they don't make it different enough, it's going to be like, kind of like Beauty and the Beast, where it was like, okay, well, it's pretty much just the same thing except actual people. So, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm a little mixed on this one, but it looks like it's, I mean, it's beautifully shot, it looks like, but it just, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm mixed feelings on this one. Well, this movie to me also does have uh, a list of all-star vocal performers. That is true. It, I, I mean, definitely got, give you that. You've got what Chiwetel EGO4 as Scar, Seth Rogen as Pumbaa, mm -hmm. Billy Eichner as Timon, Donald Glover as Simba, James Earl Jones is coming back as Mufasa because of fucking course he is. Of course. You've got John Connie as Rafiki, and if you don't know who that is, that's uh, Black Panther's father in uh, Civil War, the one that dies. Mm -hmm. um, you've got Beyonce as Nala. You've got John Oliver as Zazu. You've got Keegan-Michael Key as Kamari who is one of the hyenas. You've got Florence Kasumba, who is uh, also in uh, uh, a lot of the Marvel movies uh, in, in Black Panther as one of his uh, royal guard. And you've got Eric Andre as uh, Azizi. So the hyenas essentially are those three. Um, so all-star vocal performers in this. For sure, yeah. But, and like you said, it looks beautiful. It looks beautiful. It looks like they really did get animals to act out fucking Lion King. Right. But fuck this movie. Fuck this movie. Oh, boy. I'm telling you now I'm going to hate it with a fiery fucking passion. And I brought this up in the very first episode of Cinema Slayers. I brought this up. They are getting rid of the best song in this movie with Be Prepared. Yeah, that's a real bummer. I don't know who made that call, but it's, I just no. Whoever did fuck that person. And fuck this movie. <laughs> fuck doing any version of Lion King without fucking be prepared. That truly like seals in the sinisterness of fucking Scar. And by sinisterness, I truly mean his incredible leadership for the revolution he starts <laughs> against the, the lions and their dictatorship and fascist ideals. Oh, my. Well, I do know that we're going to disagree on our opinions about, you know, Mufasa and uh scar but <laughs> i do agree because i'm kind of i'm i'm a little bit more indifferent towards this movie specifically not because of any way of how they've promoted it like the like i was saying the trailer it looks great it, it does look very very beautiful but i'm just kind of like i don't know i'm, I'm just more indifferent towards it than than i want to be i guess i mean I don't I don't really understand what there is to debate about Mufasa and Scar. One of them is a brutal evil dictator who is 
fine with letting part of his kingdom starve as long as his family and the status quo is upheld. And the other one is a revolutionary who had the balls to kill his own brother to change the system that was obviously broken to begin with. Mm. Yes, that that old chestnut. <laughs> well, and if you're confused in any way, shape or form by what I'm saying, I'm saying Mufasa is a fucking asshole. Yeah, I think I think we and got I'm that. glad he died. <laughs> oh, my him dying is one of the happiest moments I've ever had in cinema history. That's pretty serious business right there. I cheer. Like a lot of people talk about how they cry when Mufasa dies. I cheer. Even as a kid, though, like you had this opinion of him I while cheer. you were a child. Hmm. I have always been one that is akin to my beloved hyenas. So anything <laughs> True. that is pro hyena, I am behind. And that's obviously Scar because they get a bad name. And all this movie does is propagate the horrendous notion that hyenas are evil. And they're just delightful creatures. They're infinitely better than lions. Have you ever heard a lion laugh? Exactly. Because they're <laughs> soulless assholes. Oh, boy. I mean, yeah, they get a bad rap because of this movie. And I think everyone was afraid of hyenas because of the Lion King. I'll be honest, I was. It got me a little bit afraid of hyenas. Um, but... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think you're you're probably a little bit more upset about it than I am. I'm sorry that propaganda is I, I view propaganda as bad, <laughs> especially when the propaganda makes this horrendous tyrant look like a fucking good guy. So if they had kept be prepared in this, would you want to see it more? I'd give it a shot. I wouldn't I wouldn't automatically write it off, but I'm very hard pressed to not write it off. And I they did that also to give Beyonce more songs to like make Nala a bigger character, mm -hmm. which I 100 percent stand behind because you're wasting shit. If you get Beyonce to be Nala and you don't give right. Nala some song because Nala doesn't have any songs, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, I think so, too. Because I was like, if you're going to make her a character, make her one that's going to sing. So, yeah, that, that makes sense, though, if they're going to exactly. change it Give up. Give her some shit to sing. I'm, I 100% understand that. I have zero problems with it. When Beyonce signed on to this movie, I'm like, fuck yeah, we're going to get some Beyonce songs now. I'm down. And then they're like, we're getting rid of Be Prepared. And then fuck this movie. And it's John <laughs> Favreau's directing it. The guy behind Iron Man. The guy behind one of my all-time favorite movies in Chef. I love this guy. And he's one of the people that is getting rid of Be Prepared. So fuck him, too. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah, I mean. I just will not accept this. I am curious the ratio of original songs to new songs that they're going to have. Apparently, they're cutting two and they're adding three. And one of the two is Be Prepared. Hmm. Do you know what the other one is? No, I don't. Hmm. I, it, it doesn't matter. It does not matter <laughs> because the first one is Be Prepared. That's the yeah. only thing that matters is they're cutting out that song. That is, yeah, that wasn't the best decision of all the songs. It's a great soundtrack. Like, all of the songs in The Lion King are mostly really great. But, yeah, that's not the one to cut. No, no, cut I don't like, I don't like I Just Can't Wait to Be King because I don't like Jonathan Taylor Thomas's voice. But, I mean, if you had, like, Donald Glover singing it, maybe it'd be different. Well, he's not young Simba, so he wouldn't be singing that either, though. True. Okay, yeah, yeah. But... Either way, like, what if you got a different voice? Would you like the song if it was a different voice, or is it just the song? Um, a little of both. That's one of the catchiest songs of the whole movie. I love that one. I don't give a shit. I'm just letting you know my feelings on that song. That doesn't, that doesn't matter. 
That doesn't matter to me at all. If it's catchy or not. <laughs> I realize this, but it's a good song. That and that all they're doing is beating up on poor Zazu, and he's just trying. He's just trying to help Simba grow up to be a good king. And Simba's just like, mm, fuck that. I'm going to be king, and I'm going to oppress people just like my father does. So you essentially hate most lions, then too, right? Except for Scar. Yeah, except for Scar, the one that had the foresight to, you know, accept things, you know, that aren't the status quo, you know. Revolutionary. He, he, he looks at all he looks at all the creatures and feel like they should, you know, be sustained, unlike, you know, Mufasa, who just gave a fuck about the lions and the other animals in the kingdom paid tribute to them because he knew that they, they all knew that if he was unhappy with them, they'd kill he'd kill them to feed to just the lions. Fucking terrible ass person. <laughs> or lion. Still, same thing. One the same. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. That that that's the one thing I am looking forward to in this movie. I want to sit in the theater, and when Mufasa dies, I want to stand up and cheer. Are you really going to do that? <laughs> I'm I thinking mean, about bringing those fucking party poppers. I don't put it past them, getting you, Betty everywhere. But I just, yeah, interesting. I mean, I'm not a huge asshole. I don't want to ruin everybody else's movie going experiences, even though they should understand the gravity of that scene and that it is one that everybody should cheer. I feel like <laughs> I might want to start a wave. Maybe you'll be in a theater of people who all feel the same way. And then would that just be super satisfying for you that everyone's cheering about it would this? Be. Yeah, I might. I might stand up, though, and throw my hands up in a victory pose <laughs> because I typically do sit in the back of movie theaters. So nobody would be behind me. So it's fine. Yeah, but I, I mean, but yeah, like I said, this is not, not that the trailer itself is bad, but just the movie. I'm I'm kind of I could give or take with it, you know, so that's that's my personal opinions on it although i would i would listen to it for the music specifically because you're right it is a very all-star powerhouse cast of people in it but other than that i'm just kind of like meh on it you know yeah i mean we'll see i mean i don't also necessarily like the aesthetic of scar not having a black mane but oh yeah i get it because there's well, having dark-haired manes is a real thing. Having an actual black mane, I don't think it's natural. So, I, I mean, I kind of understand why they went around. I just also, when I look at his face, I don't see a pronounced scar. Yeah, you can't specifically that tell me a little bit too. that it's scar. Yeah. Well, you, you can in relation to Mufasa. Because if you see Mufasa, he's got a very big, bushy mane. And scar doesn't. Yeah. So, visually, they do look different. It's just, it's not as jarring and... And that's what I, I liked about the animated version is you see Mufasa and in his typical, you know, dictatorish arrogance, he looks all regal <laughs> and where a scar is the man of the people, <laughs> you know, there's a lot more rough and tumble because he's been through some shit like a real, you know, like a person, mm -hmm. you know, the, the common manner or, or creature, if you will. It <laughs> does. I mean, it just doesn't look like Mufasa's like worked a day in his life. <laughs> this is going to be an interesting season of this movie being around because I feel like we're going to hear a lot more of these comments throughout the time before it comes out and probably after it comes out. So yeah. Cause down with the establishment. Oh boy. <laughs> when, when does it come out again? And by that I mean Simba Mufasa, <laughs> you know, one of those days. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to look out for one of those I don't, days I don't. so that I can be prepared for, <laughs> get it, be prepared for. Don't How? you dare. Don't you dare <laughs> say that with this movie. It comes out July 19th. Okay. Got it. So summer for sure. Yes. Um, so another thing that, like I said, we we're going to talk about is a very 
uh, close to coming out movie with X-Men The Dark Phoenix. This is the uh, fourth movie in the rebooted X-Men timeline, um, which is a whole other beast of shit when you really want to break down the X-Men timeline because, boy, does it go all over the fucking place. Um, but this is the fourth one. It's the the second one since they re- kind of reestablished, you know, some of your traditional X-Men characters that were introduced in X-Men Apocalypse with your Storms and your Jean Greys and your, your Scott Summers, a.k.a. your Cyclopses. Uh, your Nightcrawlers, um, they were all introduced in X-Men Apocalypse and they're, you know, kind of continuing their story in this movie. Um, I mean, I really don't have too much to say about it because, I mean, X-Men Apocalypse was just straight fucking garbage, which was that was a waste of an Oscar Isaac. And I don't know why you would waste an Oscar Isaac like that, um, especially as the, in the role of Apocalypse. So you wasted an, an Apocalypse and an Oscar Isaac in the same movie. <laughs> that's just almost fucking impossible to waste to me, the best X-Men villain. And to me, one of your better actors of our generation and you waste them both in the same fucking movie. That's special. That's what that is. That's you. You had to fucking try to fuck that up and they did. They did their damnedest to make sure that was fucked. Um, but yeah, they're kind of continuing with this. And it's the funny thing is, is those characters aren't really utilized that much in that movie. I mean, your main focus is still your big characters in that. And then, you know, so Jean Grey and Scott Summers and all these other people were just kind of slightly ancillary characters. Like, they, I mean, they are a focus. They do help in the big fight and all this other stuff, but they're not, they're, they're not main players. And all of a sudden in this, they're main players. And, you know, with this trailer, especially, it really just kind of shows that the creative team in charge of the X-Men now just have no fucking clue about what makes these stories good. <laughs> Like, they've got no fucking clue what makes the Dark Phoenix saga an amazing fucking comic arc. So, yeah, I mean, and I'm not familiar with the the comics of it, but I would say that, um, I mean, they've had a lot of trailers come out for this movie, but... If I'm gonna if I'm gonna be honest about it, this trailer might be one of my favorites that they've put out for this movie because I feel like they set the tone of what this movie is gonna be a little bit better with it, a little bit more about just the power of the of the Dark Phoenix in this, you know. And I just I liked it. I think that the way that they did this trailer, it's been my favorite one, and it got me probably the most excited for this movie over the other ones did. Because, you know, it started out with like the, you know, kind of like teaser trailer or where you you just don't really see as much of, uh, I guess, like the first few or the first one at least made you feel a little bit more sympathetic for her. But then in this one, it's like you feel bad for her, but you're also like, no, she loves this. You know, she's really into having all this power and being able to destroy whoever she wants. And it was just a really interesting change in tone in the trailers in my opinion but i think it's going to be it's going to be a really good movie i think and i i'm pretty much a fan of the x-men at least the more recent x-men movies um and i don't know i just i feel like it's going to actually be a good one and it might make up for apocalypse (laughs) maybe that's an overshot and that's you know saying too much but i i I mean it kind of got me excited to see this one it looks like it's going to be good well I mean, to be better in Apocalypse, all they have to do is not try to fuck up. <laughs> I mean, I, I really do believe they intentionally tried to fuck up X-Men Apocalypse. And so in this one, if they at least try to make a good movie, it's going to be better. Maybe not much, but it'll at least be better. 
Um, I mean, my problem with this and with the, the Dark Phoenix and everything like that, especially when they do it in the movies that I'm so fucking tired of, is they really want the Dark Phoenix to be evil, but then they want to water it the fuck down. And it just annoys me. The Dark Phoenix and the Dark Phoenix saga, the reason why the X-Men and, uh, oh, oh, they're escaping me now, but the these aliens, alien people, it's the Guardian and it's the woman that falls in love with Professor X and she's got the weird metal head thing. Mm-hmm. And her name is escaping me now. Anyway, the reason why they come to Earth to take down the Phoenix and the X-Men fight them and they're all trying to save the Phoenix, but the reason why they still fight the Phoenix is because the Phoenix is fucking, not necessarily evil, it's kind of can go both ways. It really depends on the writer. But the reason why it's such a hard time taking down the Phoenix is the Phoenix force is also incredibly powerful. The, inc- the Phoenix force in the comics, she destroys an entire planet mm-hmm. that's like all the way across the galaxy. The Phoenix force, like with the Phoenix force, she destroys an entire planet. And that's why the aliens are like, no, fuck this. We're going to come take it down. And I'm so fucking tired of the movies wanting to be like, oh, she's so evil, though. Because she kills another member of the team. And I'm like, (laughs) there's a big difference between destroying a fucking planet with people on it and killing a member of the X-Men. Right. Like, the Phoenix Force can destroy a planet. A motherfucker with a gun and some luck can kill an (laughs) X-Man. Well, that's perspective for you. (laughs) I mean... It's not that crazy because and if, if anybody is fucking flabbergasted and you don't want to hear this, skip ahead like 30 seconds because I'm going to spoil something for this fucking movie for you. In five, four, three, two, one, Mystique gets killed by the Phoenix in this. They've shown it in the trailers without directly showing it, but Mystique gets killed. It's also because Jennifer Lawrence is tired of putting on all the fucking blue makeup. <laughs> um, but yes, the Phoenix kills Mystique in this. So it's pretty much ripping off the Phoenix killing Professor Xavier and Cyclops in X-Men 3, The Last Stand. So their version of showing how evil she is, is killing a team member. And I'm like, it's fucking tired and played out. And apparently the, the writer or director of this movie or whatever didn't realize that they ripped off the other one until they were editing this movie. <laughs> And somebody pointed it out to him and he was like, oh, well, that's crazy. I'm like, so you're that fucking lazy that you accidentally rip off another film in your own fucking franchise and you don't even realize it. Oh, boy. It's either lazy or stupid. It's one of the two. (laughs) But especially when I heard that, I had zero hope for this film at that point because I was like, oh, this fucker has no idea what he's doing at all. Well, I'm also I'm actually interested to see uh, Jessica Chastain in it as the villain. I, I've never really seen her in that villain type role in anything. And I think she's a great actress. So I'm curious to see what that's like. I mean, it looks like she's going to do a good job with it. So that that intrigues me a little bit as well. I mean, maybe. I mean, she just kind of looks weird. <laughs> that's all I know. <laughs> um, and they, even, they haven't even announced what her character is in this yet. Hmm. I was hoping that her name was going to be the character I don't remember. But... Yeah, I just, I don't know. It's just nothing about this movie is just making me happy with how they're handling everything. Mm-hmm. Because it just feels like they're handling it the same way they've handled it before and fucking it up then, too. Yeah. And, oh, God, I should not have been doing this. I started looking through the IMDb cast, and I think I saw a character name in it that just kind of pisses me off. Like, as in it's a bad character choice, or just the character is annoying? Like the person cast as the character is um, bad or just the character is bad? Well, it's, I don't know. It, it, so it looks like they're also going to be doing the Hellfire Club again or a version of it, which was also an X-Men first class, which 
those are the those are part of the people that twist and 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 turn Jean Grey dark was the Hellfire Club like Emma Frost and and Sebastian Shaw mm-hmm. and there's a another character in there who also could be the oldest mutant in the world or she could be technically a magic based character depends on the writer on that one too uh, her name is Celine but well, they're bringing Celine into this movie which means they might be doing her without the Hellfire Club or they're bringing back a version of the Hellfire Club, even though, like I said, they had them in the first movie. So fuck this movie. Just fuck it. I, I hate <laughs> everything about it. Um, I will say this. What's her name? Uh, the, the, the girl that plays uh, um, Jean Grey. Sansa Stark. Yes, yeah, Sophie, Sophie uh, Turner. Joe Jonas's fiance. Yes. I am kind of looking forward to her in some of these scenes, and that's really about it. Because yeah. I have very recently binge watched all of Game of Thrones leading up into this. It's not that I hadn't seen it before and I was catching up. No, I just decided two and a half weeks before season eight of Game of Thrones started that I was going to watch all of it. And when you binge watch 67 hours, 67 plus hours of that show, you actually get to see her evolve as an actor. Mm. Like very much so. Because if you see her in like the first two seasons, you're, you just want to slap Sansa Yeah, Stark. no, I couldn't She's stand just her. Annoying. And, and part of it is, Part of it is the character, the way it's written and all this other stuff. But you just don't quite always buy it when she does some of her scenes. But then once you get to like season three and you start going from there, that is some good, good shit. She really takes and makes a turn. Are you talking around the time when she like marries Tyrion from that time on kind of stuff? Around then. At the beginning of season three, when she's still in King's Landing... But Rob hasn't died yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right before she, like that season on is when you really start to notice the change in her. And she's super good. And No, I agree. And I, I so I'm really looking forward to her in this role because it does seem a little bit more complex and things like that. And if she does what she, I, I, I've seen her do, I think she can do some good stuff with that. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I agree. That's the one thing I'm looking forward to. Yeah, I think she's going to sort of carry this movie because, I mean, I mean, she's kind of supposed to, but she's she's a really she is a really good actress. I totally agree with that because, I mean, I'm thinking back on Game of Thrones now too, and just seeing just the situations she's had to face, and like, yeah, seeing her character development and her growth as an actor, but just how she starts to portray that character differently throughout the seasons like it's very well done so i think yeah i I agree i think she's gonna be she's gonna bring something very dynamic to the role and i think that's gonna be probably i feel like a lot of people are gonna say that's the only good thing about this movie um so you know we'll see but i i feel like that's gonna be the only compliment that people have about this movie even though i'm excited about it i think it looks good but you know maybe someone who's a little bit more into the x-men world and everything might be a little bit less you know into it well aren't you trying to play the middle ground (laughs) it's what i do best you know um another trailer that did come out today uh along with the x-men was for an amazon instant prime series that i am super super excited about it's one of my favorite comic series out there and i know a lot of people don't know it but it's it's the the boys it's a very fucked up comic series. Um, a lot of it is poking fun at comic books and superheroes. Um, the main characters are not superheroes. They are the boys. They are essentially a like black ops 
like under the table, loosely affiliated with the government, but not really affiliated with the government group that uh, they, they do take a serum that allows them essentially some base superpowers, if you will. They've kind of got like, you know, superhuman strength and endurability, like so that way they can fight superheroes because the whole point of the boys is they keep heroes in check hmm. because the heroes in this universe are very much algamations and and parodies of other superheroes you have like the noir which is kind of like a parody of batman and you have uh oh i don't remember his name but he's like a combination of super superman and captain america um you know you've got a a, a wonder woman character you know you've got these characters in there but they're all just kind of morally shitty fucking people. Like they put on an act when they're heroes because they've got licensing deals and merchandise and they, they make a ton of money from being superheroes. So it's all about their brand. But other than that, they're very terrible people. Like when you get deep into the comics and you see like this universe's version of the X-Men, it's really fucked up and really just like cringy. And it, it makes you feel like terrible while you read it. But oh boy. I mean, they do there. There's this, there's this book in there. There's a, uh, I don't want necessarily a chapter, but a, a section of the story is called hero gasm, which is essentially um, when these heroes quote unquote, go off planet to fight an intergalactic threat to earth. You know, like they do it all the time in the comics that happens all the time in comics that they go somewhere else to save the world. And in this, they don't actually do it. It's all a made up like press thing. And then they just go to this island and they do a bunch of drugs and fuck each other and fuck prostitutes oh and just do all this debaucherous shit. And it's fucking crazy. This is a, a crazy, crazy book. And like I said, the boys are there to keep them in check. Like if they start crossing the line too much, the boys kind of rein them in by beating the fuck out of them or killing them or and stopping them. That's the whole point is to stop them if they need to. And I mean, it's just goes into some of these crazy, crazy things of like, what if actual people had superhero like superpowers? Like, you know, like you always hear these stories about like, like celebrities or politicians or something like that. They're one way in front of the camera and then they're just, you know, something else behind, you know, you know, behind the scenes. And this is a version of that, but with superheroes, you know, in, in front of the camera, it's all like, oh, we got to do good. Drink your milk. And then, you know, afterwards, it's like, oh, do you want to, you know, do some coke and fuck? And yeah, see, I've never heard of this <laughs> before, but it's it's a very interesting concept because I, I feel like that could be just a really fun show because there's just a lot you could do with that, you know. Um, and I, I did like the trailer for this. It looked like a lot of really good action, just like one of those badass shows that you just... You're just like, this is going to be crazy, but it's going to be a super fun ride. So I I actually think it looks really good. But yeah, I've I've honestly never even heard of this. I Like you explaining it right now is just kind of the most I've ever heard about this um, comic at all. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely an interesting take on things. Because I remember seeing in the trailer the guy that I thought it was supposed to be Captain America. <laughs> like it just kind of that he looked exactly like him and whatever. But I was like, is Captain America bad? Is he evil? But I mean, I guess it's just kind of like a, a take on Captain America. But yeah, it was just like, this is super new. And I would never have guessed it was an actual comic. 
Yeah, it's he's like a, like I said, he's a Captain America Superman thing. So he's mainly the powers of Superman, but he's got the aesthetics of Captain America. You know, the red, white, right. blue American flag, the eagle, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, like no, in in the trailer, you see you do see a man essentially performing uh, cunnilingus on a woman, and then his head explodes. Essentially, from the looks of it, he was a regular person. She was a superhero, and she kind of killed him whilst they were doing things of a sexual nature. Yeah, that was um, a little crazy. <laughs> it, but that's the type of shit that happens in The Boys. And that's not even tipping the scales into how fucked up The Boys can get. There is some crazy, crazy shit when it comes to The Boys. Like, there is a character that is a part of the team of The Boys. who His name is The Mother's Milk. And when you find out how he gets his name, that is a deeply disturbing couple of pages oh my um when you find out well build but or the the butcher um that's uh why do i want to see it carl urban his character in this um, okay when you find out why why he has problems with superheroes like his origin story if you will that's deeply disturbing when you find out huey who is the guy he's talking to um on the you know the uh carl urban's character's talking to uh, when you find out why he ends up joining the boys, it's a very fucked up story. And also like his story in general, cause he is the main character. Huey is the main character. He's got this very crazy arc. What that also involves superheroes. Um, one very much particular. Um, it's, it's very much, it's very funny though. Cause the comics, they were the artistically speaking were, meant to be certain characters were supposed to be meant to be played by certain actors if they ever did anything like Huey looks just like Simon Pegg in the comics. Hmm. And unfortunately, like Simon Pegg's a little too old at this point, but he's very much that I want to say build a butcher was Henry Rollins. If I'm remembering correctly, I don't remember. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm saying if I'm remembering correctly, it's, it's Henry Rollins oh, okay. in the comics okay. is who he's drawn after oh, like, to okay. be that, that type of character. Um, but yes, it's I, I I am wonderfully excited about this. Like I, I put on Facebook, it's if this is one one hundredth as crazy as the boys gets, you're still in for a fucking treat and a mind fuck on top of that. Oh man. It really also depends on how long they go with it. Um there's I wanna say sixty something issues of the comics. Um, Are they in their own like comic I universe, like not DC or Marvel, just kind of their own thing? Yes, yes. I wanna say ooh, who is the publisher? I wanna say it's dynamite. Is the publisher of them? Okay, Dynamite Comics, which is why a lot of people haven't heard of it. But it's Dynamite Comics. It's a uh, Garth Ennis is the writer, which in the comic world he's very much known, and he's it's yeah, it's very much a separate thing. It's it's they they make fun of those other universes. Okay. Like I said, there is an X Men version of them in that world. There's a Justice League. There's a um like a Teen Titans. There's all kinds of all these different superhero groups that exist in Marvel and DC. There's like a version of them in this. Hmm. That'll be interesting. And they very much make fun of it. Yeah. It's and they, they tackle all of them. And sometimes it is some of the most decrepit, deplorable shit you'll ever read. Um, it's, but it's so fun. It's so it's, it's just one of the most unique takes on superheroes you'll read. And that's why I suggest that. And like I said, if they even just, get close to some of the stuff because even even on amazon they're not going to be able to show some of the stuff that they have in the comics because some of the stuff they have in the comics is borderline pornographic with some of what they do um hmm. 
And I don't think they're going to go that far, which is fine. They don't need to go that far. Um, I think they just kind of need to allude to some of it, though. You know what I mean? They don't have to be as explicit or upfront with it, but they need to at least hint at it or suggest at it. Okay. Because some of that does add to the character, the the characterizations of the superheroes. You know, kind of like the scene I alluded to earlier with the um, the oral sex. That was nowhere near as explicit as it would have been in the comics. Oh my! But that was pretty explicit. It's a, so it's a, yeah, no. Um, but it, it it alludes to an idea in the comics type of thing. You know, mainly for the fact that um, she is at least clothed in that scene in the trailer, <laughs> which would not be the case at all in the the comics. Uh, okay. Um, and there would probably be just something else in the comics. Yes, it's it really is graphic. Uh, and. You know, so like I said, so they suggest some of those things. Like I said, I don't foresee them doing, you know, three or four episodes. There's nothing but a drug fueled orgy oh, <laughs> um, boy. with superheroes. I don't, I don't see them doing that on the show, which is fine. They don't have to. Um, I like I said, I think they should just at least allude to horror, uh, hero gasm or something like that, or you know, bring it up. Like somebody talk about it. You know what I mean? They don't have to show it, but talk about it. Because while it seems excessive, like I said, it really actually goes a long way into establishing some of the mentalities and characterizations of these characters as far as the heroes go. And in some of the side plots, too, it actually it, they do a good job of using sex in a way like some of it is, like I said, just to be explicit. But they do use it enough for a purpose that I, I do think that they should allude to at least a lot of that, even if they don't show it explicitly. Because, I mean, they can do the violence. Is, Nobody's phased by the violence in these things. Is it still like a, a running comic or is it done? No, no, no. It is It is 100% done. It is. Hmm. And it, it, it did end. It's not like it got canceled or anything like that. It's very much a finite story. It's just a very long one, but it is done. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it does look like it's a fun show. Like, <laughs> knowing what it is more specifically now, I'm just like, whoa, this is going to be a crazy show. <laughs> but it, I mean, honestly, it was, it really got me interested in it, though. Like, it just looks like it's going to be fun and action. And yeah, I think it, I think it'll be good. No, I really do hope it is because I really love the comics. And if this movie is good too, that, that'll just make my day or TV show. I said movie, mint TV show. So the last one we were going to talk about is a super short teaser on Swamp Thing. Now, uh, if anybody remembers the TV show and movies from the 80s and 90s, um, mm -hmm. those are just some of the worst, most amazing things ever. It's they really, you know, kind of try to sell themselves on the costume because it is a guy in a prosthetic swamp suit. Um, and so D DC is doing a, uh, a TV series or miniseries or something they're doing something affiliated with episodes and whatnots on their, on their DC streaming service. And it is swamp thing. And so essentially all in, if anybody hadn't seen it, I can really set it up for you guys really easily. It's a swamp. There's some like, you know, creepy swamp like music. And then you see swamp things head come out of the water of the swamp water. His eyes glows red. And then it, it's like, mm, watch swamp thing. Okay. So very much and, like a teaser. I mean, yes. It, it's a 100 percent specifically what it is it is okay. a teaser um and it's i mean just i wanted to bring it up because i liked the way aesthetically it looked um swamp thing is a character that i sometimes have a soft spot for it really depends on who's writing him um 
because a lot of the new stuff now they're like doing stuff where he's like a avatar for the green which is like the life force of the planet and all this other shit and i'm like that's kind of super annoying sometimes <laughs> but he he can be a really fun interesting character though his his powers kind of have no limits in a lot of ways and i also have a soft spot for him because one of my all-time favorite marvel characters is kind of a ripoff of him in a lot of ways oh, really which is man thing i love I love the man thing in the comics and I know a lot of people don't know man thing. There was actually a very shitty sci-fi movie done about the man thing years and years and years ago. Um, but the man thing is just a swamp creature who uh, actually has ties to the nexus, which can kind of has some like interdimensional play to it. But essentially his whole power is the more scared of him. You are the more powerful he is. And if he touches you and you're afraid you burn. Oh man. <laughs> Like with acid, that's the whole like kind of power set of, of the man thing. I just love how he'll randomly show up in the craziest of situations, <laughs> just out um, of nowhere. I just yeah, he does show up out of nowhere in a lot of things, and he's also tied to Howard the Duck. Him and Howard the Duck were a team for a while, really. But I just I super loved the man thing, yeah, um, because they were just two off the wall stupid characters, so they put them together. Wow, as they always do. Um, I love, I just I love the man thing. I love how like pulpy and campy he is. He doesn't talk in a lot of his comics because he can't. He's kind of a mindless being. Um, there's actually a a fairly recent run within the last couple of years where it's like a little five or six issue story arc where they actually he does have an inner dialogue and you get to read that. And that hmm. it was a very super awesome and interesting take on the man thing. Um, but because the man thing is a ripoff of swamp thing i kind of kind of have a soft spot for the swamp thing because there are aspects of him is what i like about the man thing you know the aesthetics and everything like that and so okay i really do hope this ends up being just a good version of him i think it just needs to be a solo story i don't think they need to tie him into any any other characters i don't think they need to do that bullshit of him in the green and all the other colored code of bullshit i hope they stay away from that I hope they just kind of uh, keep it simple and have him just be, you know, swamp thing in a swamp doing some, you know, swampy superhero shit. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And I just want him to look good, too. That's the other thing. I want him to look good. I want him to kind of look like they did in the the TV show and movies back in the day. But I kind of hope they use CGI to kind of animate him a little more. Yeah. Maybe update it a bit. Kind of make the well, make the sludge kind of look like it's sludge. And make the sludge like, you know, make him look like he's like a living swamp, you know, like maybe have like, like sludge moving on him, you know, not like being a sentient being or something like that. But like the sludge is like, like he's ever moving, you know, like he is an animated swamp. Yeah. Uh, I just, yeah. And I know a lot of people have watched the Titans and they like that show and all this other stuff and blah, blah, blah. I don't give a fuck about that. So I was never going to get DC's thing, but I am intrigued and i might get dc's streaming service just so i can watch this wow that's that's saying something yeah and that's saying a lot because i didn't even get cbs all access to watch star trek discovery i waited till it was on itunes and i bought it because i just refused (laughs) to to pay money like that to watch i had no problem paying for it i just didn't like the business model in which they were doing it with i'd much rather just let me buy the fucking series and let me watch it that's all i really want but with Swamp Thing, I might do one of those things where if it's like six or ten episodes, you know, if they don't all come out at once and they come out like once a week, I might just wait till they're all on there and then buy it for a week and watch it and then cancel. 
Yeah. But good plan. Yes, I am. I am intrigued by this. So, um, other than that, guys, this is kind of it for this episode of Cinema Slayers. Well, not Cinema Slayers, trailer, trailer Slayers. Um, you know, all that shit I say at the end of other episodes, do that shit. I'm not going to say it at this. Thanks for listening, guys. Mm-hmm.